Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And as of the day we are recording this, today is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of our listeners that have kiddos. And for those of you who don't, uh, I hope you're wishing your fathers happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Happy Father's Day. I will be um, uh, streaming later today for my father. So that's his gift. <laughs> I oh, won't be seeing go. him. But I sent out yeah. the, the Father's Day texts. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I will. And then I'll probably give oh, him a call. Too late. You already screwed but... up. It's, it's 930 in the morning. Most fathers, they, they wake up expecting that right then and there. So Not mine. No. He knows it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even. Yeah. My, my dad hasn't responded. So I don't even know if he's gotten a text. Oh, you know what? Hmm. The last I heard, I believe he actually lost his phone. So oh, I'm gonna perfect. have to. I'm gonna have to text him, and through like my stepsister or something, oh, to, so he knows. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was a new, new, new thing that just happened. He, I think he left it on the back of his truck and drove somewhere, and it fell. Oh off. my gosh! That's I asked. Hilarious. I asked if he had, um, <laughs> you know, find my find my iphone on his so i could have found it for oh, him, he doesn't know i don't even think he barely knows how to turn the thing on half the time <laughs> it's like so with my dad i will send him texts throughout the week and he'll never reply to me and then i'll ask him or i'll be talking to my mom on the phone and i'll say hey i sent dad a text about this but he never replied back and he goes oh i never got it it's like did you never get it or did you just never check your phone because <laughs> usually that's the case is you just never yeah, check exactly. so it's like why do we even bother <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. he's got he's been getting better. Both my parents are better about having cell phones, but I will be calling him. Um, I feel like that's a little more appropriate for Father's Day, at least. But oh uh, yeah, I don't call people. Yeah, so that, yeah. that ain't happening. I would have to be in the <laughs> hospital if he got a phone call from me at this point. I think he would have thought he would be worried. Traumatic had happened. <laughs> well, let's move on to the news this week. Um. You know, our last episode focused mostly on E3, and now we're kind of dealing with a lot of the after E3 situations that are going on. It seems um, like we're still in so, the lull, you know, yeah, like it's coming yeah. down, like there's just not a lot yet. Yeah, so nothing really new, but a lot of like after E3 stuff that we're going to cover this week, which the first story we're covering is actually pretty cool. So apparently the Nintendo E3 presentation had the most viewers of all of the presentations. So mm. Nintendo had 3.1 million Xbox had 2.3 million. Uh, Ubisoft was third in a 1.4 million. And then there was Squee Square, <laughs> Square, <laughs> Square Enix and Devolver after that. So mm -hmm. um, I was surprised that Devolver beat out like Capcom and things like that just because they're such big names. But yeah. considering what the Capcom, Capcom uh, presentation was, I guess I'm not that surprised. Yeah, well, I think people still are into the shtick that Devolver Digital does. I'm I'm yeah. over it by about three years now. I thought they're about three or four years ago they did that one uh, E3 that was so different. It felt so fresh because it was sort of a spoof on you know E3 presentations. And ever since, it's been that same sort of they're hitting you know, that same note every single presentation. Yeah. So for me personally, I'm so sick of Devolver Digital. I just, I think their stuff is, um, their presentation style is played out. I wish they would do something different because it's almost like they're a joke on themselves now because now they're the ones doing the same thing over and over. I but, guess. Uh, I think a lot of people went into Nintendo with the expectations for some possibility of things great. You know, they, there was a lot of, 
um, a lot of rumor going into Nintendo. So I think that's definitely part of it. People really wanted that Switch. People to be hyped announced. it they, up. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. so hyped up. So it makes sense that a lot of people are in there waiting for that news that was going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you about Devolver. This year, though, it was kind of funny. They were making fun of gaming as a service, and they mm-hmm. kept pushing that, and it was it was hilarious. And there was a, some, something about chili dogs. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I thought it was... I was surprised that uh, Xbox and Nintendo weren't closer in, in how many viewers they had. But, you know, that's great for Nintendo. There's a lot of Nintendo fans out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, speaking of the presentation in E3, all of us going into it, or at least to some degree, had hopes or beliefs that belief that we were going to get a new Switch announcement. And of, of course, that didn't happen. We've been hearing about a new Switch for three years now, probably almost since the, the old Switch came out. Um, and it, it just didn't happen. Everybody was wondering, where is it? What happened? Why didn't we get it? You know, Bloomberg, who was a big uh, part of reporting on that rumor initially actually had an interview with Doug Bowser and asked the same thing, like, where is this hardware? What happened? And Bowser's response was, we are always looking at technology and how technology can enhance gameplay experiences. It's not technology for technology's sake. It's how specifically can technology enhance a gameplay experience? And then where do we apply that technology? Do you want to apply it on a current existing hardware or platforms, or do you want to wait for the next platform? And then what's the right gameplay experience with that? There's a host of factors that go into it, and it's something we're always looking at. So instead of going into like the actual rumors of it, it's a typical corporate response saying, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, we're looking at technology. Okay, whatever. And then he kind of misdirected and went off to talk about Niantic and Universal Studios and how they're more of a... Uh, an entertainment company. So now that they're looking into mobile and universal with the theme parks and all these other experiences that also kind of, and we've talked about this before where it's like you Mm -hmm. go to the park, maybe not super familiar with Nintendo, but that introduces you to Mario. And then by that curiosity, you kind of get into the Nintendo ecosystem. Uh, And so that's kind of where the conversation ended up going. So basically we're just not ready to, talk about a pro yet so we all kind of figured that i think we need to let that switch pro thing just finally die until we see some hard evidence just let's not talk about it anymore it's just never happening yeah i think um what one thing i i hope nintendo's taking into consideration is that not only with the switch you know do they make games portable but they are also an outlet for so many indie developer studios that they kind of need to take responsibility for that too and say, okay, well, yeah, we need to make technology better for our games and the stuff we want to do, but we also need to make technology better for everybody else that is making games and putting them on our, on our consoles. Um, because that's what they pride themselves on is how much content is on the switch because of the eShop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope they're thinking about that and saying like, yeah, well, maybe we can make the Switch Pro even just a little better and it'll make even more people have access to these indie studios and things like that. Because I think that's almost one of the best parts of the Switch um, is the eShop and all of the things they offer in there. So I hope 
that is part of the conversation in the background. I'm sure it is. But from what I, he, what it, I see here is him saying basically, yeah, well, we don't have any games that are going to really use this new technology we want to do yet, so we're not doing it. That's yeah. kind of how I, how it seems, which is, I don't know, it's a little disheartening to hear, but I understand it from a business standpoint. Yeah. It's a big I mean, investment. Nintendo's so. always kind of champion this we're going to do it our way sort of yeah. mentality it's and and sometimes that that borders on narcissism right they they kind of think of themselves so differently than everybody else and that can help them mm-hmm. in some ways and it can hurt them in other ways and i think that the numbers don't warrant a need to come out with a switch pro they're still selling crazy um you know they're still making tons of money with the games that they have so for nintendo's point of view, like you said, business-wise, of what's the reason for coming out with it? I do think that there is going to be a point where people are like, this just isn't strong enough to support games that we want to play on it. You know, yeah. and I and I think a lot of people, that's why they look at Nintendo games in, in a lot of ways as kids' games, because mm-hmm. it just doesn't have the power. A lot of the times they're softer and they're friendlier and they're, you know, they're Cuter just not and- the, yeah, they're just more geared towards like a an everybody system as opposed to more of what you would consider quote unquote adult gaming, like, you know, mm-hmm. for not children. And I think sometimes Nintendo gets wrapped up into that and it's been a huge success. It's one of my, it's my favorite console, but I definitely want more from it at times. I think with a pro, while I don't think it needs to be sort of this crazy evolution of the system, it would be nice to have shorter load times, a better screen, Bluetooth. Like, I don't think those are crazy technologies that are no. going to make or break. I think this kind of answer is BS where it's like, you know, how does that apply to the gameplay? Blah, blah, blah. Just, we just want just quality of life. Want. Yeah, yeah. It's just quality <laughs> of life updates that would make the system that's already great even better. And have people have been complaining about, for years the the joy-con drift people have been complaining about for years and you kind of keep glazing over it so mm-hmm. i think that's where nintendo sometimes hurts themselves just like their online presence you know they just feel like they're doing it their own way and it's just not good it's just not yeah. a good way of doing it and it's funny though too because think about when they released the switch Lite. Everybody was like, okay, so you made a worse version of the actual switch <laughs> yeah you did a a, a switch so- that doesn't switch Exactly. And so hearing Doug Bowser's kind of argument here is it's BS. Just give us what you're hiding from us. We see it. We know it's there. What are you doing? Um, And I also too want to add that I I was seeing a few articles. I didn't include them because obviously we're a Nintendo podcast, but I did see that the new PlayStation and new Xbox controllers also have drift issues. Mm -hmm. So it's the the drift pandemic is is what's happening. Yeah. But moving on to the next story, uh, we have good news. Bayonetta 3 is alive and well. While Mm -hmm. it wasn't addressed at E3, a lot of people were like, okay, you know, this is kind of a big title. And you said nothing about it like they did for quite a few games. (laughs) Um, You know, people were wondering, is this thing even still happening? So there is an interview between Tamur Hussain from GameSpot and Nintendo of America's Bill Trinan, who is the senior product marketing manager and Nate Bildorf, who is the senior director of localization. Uh, big titles, don't really know what they mean. Yeah, fancy um, titles. <laughs> but they were asked why the game wasn't shown at all during Nintendo's E3 presentation. And Bildorf said that it still exists. He can confirm it. It's still happening. And then Tryon and jumped in, and I'll quote what he said. He said, um, 
I will even go one further and say not only does it exist, but it's progressing well. We like to show things whenever we're ready to show them. And certainly we like to show things whenever the developers are ready to show them. So we didn't have it at E3, but stay tuned. So that's really promising. I hope maybe we might see like a direct focus on just Bayonetta 3. I think that would be really cool. Um, but it seems like the lack of updates and this lengthy timeline is due to Platinum Games creating Bayonetta 3 with a new, less orthodox approach and process, um, and of course, wanting the game to be high quality. And the evidence of this is in 2019, um, the director of Platinum Games, at Atsushi Inaba, he had an interview with VGC, and he was saying that with Bayonetta 1 and 2, they had a very orthodox development process for them. Um, they did like stage one, stage two, stage three, and then built up the drama and pacing chronologically. For Bayonetta 3, they learned a lot from that original process, and now they're just mixing it up. They want to do something different than what they have been doing. So it's just they're doing new things, and it's taking a little bit longer, but I hope it means that the final product is going to be even better. Yeah, yeah. I'll believe this when I see it. Um We've been hearing this same spiel since it started. Something terribly went wrong. Something happened. Either they announced this game and they had not even started. It was announced four years ago and you haven't shown anything. And you and all we keep hearing is that it's doing good. It's progressing well. It still exists. Things are still going smoothly. There is no way in four years, you have zero to show for it if it's been progressing smoothly. Something happened. They either did a Metroid Prime 4 reboot with the design company Platinum started from scratch. Something happened here that they have nothing to show for it. Now, I'm not saying that they need to you know, rush the game out. Take your time. Don't announce a game four or five years before it's going to be launched. Just stop doing that. Nobody likes that. And then if it's been so long, there should be something you could show us. So stop saying it's going well. There's there's no way. There is something wrong here. And I think fans in general across the board are so fed up with this story and, the, and sort of this BS, it's going okay. Just stop. Again, this is like the Switch Pro thing. Bayonetta 3, we need to see something or stop telling people it's going great because something happened. Something went wrong. Did they even show a, a logo or anything for Bayonetta It was like 3? a cinematic trailer when it was announced. There was like this little intro um, and that was it. I mean, that was four, four or five crazy. years ago. Because if you think about it, E3 is the time to show just anything. Any, if, even if you want to show concept art to keep people excited, that's when you show it. Something, and and something. to have nothing at all. Like you yeah, have to have, you, you know, you should say, you know, things are going really well. We don't, we're not prepared to show you gameplay yet. We don't want to tease anything, but here's concept art that we've been doing. This yeah. is what Bayonetta is going to look like. And you, you know that you have sketches of what she at least looks like in the new game. Here's yeah. the design direction we're or going. Or maybe for. they don't. Here's new weapon. But that's what I'm saying. It's not progressing <laughs> yeah. well if you don't even have a concept nailed down for your main character. Like there should be something they could give us that people will be like, oh, it really does exist. I'm so excited. Bayonetta mm -hmm. looks amazing in these new drawings. This is going to be so cool. Or here's, you know, here's some weapons we're going to be doing. We're just teasing. We know fans are hungry for this. So we're giving you something just so you are aware. We know, we see you, we hear you, and here's something.
right? Because at this point, it seems like you're trolling us by telling us it's been going well. Every update that's come out in the last two years has been that it's going well. And it's yeah. like, it's something's wrong. That it is so even, weird. It, it doesn't even feel like they're trying to string us along anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the, it's it. like the it's most the same uh, thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the most uh, like lazy. Yeah, no, don't worry, guys. Things are going really well with this game. It really, <laughs> it's like a wink at you. Like, no, it's guys really, really well over here. Wink, that's wink. The t- <laughs> that's the tone I'm going to start reading these things in. Mm. <laughs> oh, it, no, it totally still exists, guys. Don't even worry. <laughs> this is going so well. <laughs> Jeez, what a joke. Anyway, going on to something that actually may come out this year is Pokemon Unite Update. Now, I completely forgot about this game until I was looking (laughs) over the stories. Now, Pokemon Unite, uh, this is essentially a Pokemon MOBA. So if you're familiar with League of Legends, Smite, Heroes of the Storm, any of those types of games, you know what Pokemon Unite is going to be. And at first, I was kind of like, well, whatever. They came out with a new trailer. We are getting this July 2021, next month. Very, very cool. And we're getting it on the Switch first. Then it's coming out in September, same year, on mobile devices. So this is kind of cool. And they are saying that you're going to have cross-play between Switch and mobile, and that players can use their Pokemon trading card or their Nintendo account to have progress synced between those devices that's all amazing news fantastic news now a little bit about the game because like i said i completely forgot you forgot Mm. i'm sure a lot of people completely forgot this was even happening so pokemon unite is a moba and what that means is trainers and their partner pokemon are going to compete in five on five team battles now the key to winning these battles is just to score a higher score um when the time runs out basic Very super easy idea. They're going to have different stadiums that you can play in. And those stadiums are going to have different rules that apply to them. So you may have to use different team members. You may have different um, uh, numbers of team members. The match length could be different. Different legendary Pokemon will show up during those matches. That sounds kind of cool. This game, you're also going to be able to have a different look. So you can change the appearance of your Pokemon and the trainer. So you can kind of go in and, you know, make your your character look a certain way or make your Pokemon have different outfits on so that you can kind of, you know, stand out across all the different. Because I'm sure people are going to, you know, you're going to have two Charizards on the field. You want yours to stand out. Mm -hmm. And unlike other Pokemon games, it's not going to be a matter of your type strength and weakness that won't exist in this. But each Pokemon has its own unique stats and their own unique role. So you're going to have attackers, defenders, speedsters, supporters, and the all-arounder. It's like in a, a dungeon raid. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like an Overwatch you know, or any of those types of games. Any any of these mobile yeah. games where you each each has its role that they play. You're not going to have necessarily like fire type and water type, but you're going to have these other kind of roles that you need to be able to play. And then the roles that you pick reflects how you play the game so you need to mix and match and make sure your team kind of covers your play style you Mm -hmm. will also have a battle this is going to be free to play so you're also going to have the very popular battle pass like fortnite does any of these games do where if you pay real money you're now in the battle pass and you level that up and you'll get more in-game stuff more clothes i would imagine um i don't know maybe there's emotes or whatever is usually in those battle passes a lot of the time and i think 
I would imagine it's the case with this. A lot of the times battle passes give you more of a, um, appearance things as opposed to anything that's going to help you win the game. You may unlock different characters. You may unlock certain things like that, but you're not going to put a win case behind a paywall, or at least they shouldn't. That's when people really get angry. So I would imagine it's a lot of cosmetic uh, upgrades that you mm-hmm. would get through the bot- battle pass if they do it right. So yeah. hopefully. And then they do have the in-game currency, uh, which is, I don't know, AOS gems, which are paid. That's what you're going to actually pay real money to get. Then you'll have the coins and then you'll have tickets, those you earn by playing the game. So it's just like okay. any other uh, you know, battle pa- uh, battle royale, anything like that that has battle passes. Paladins has it. Fortnite has it. They all mm-hmm. they all have it. People are pretty familiar with it at this point. But that being said, I have played MOBAs in the past on the Switch and had fun with them. Um, so I will definitely, definitely try this out. Uh, it's free. It'd be crazy. It's free. Not Why to. not? Yeah, it's yeah. It, and it looks cool. I mean, it's it's an IP that I like, so I like these characters. I might as well try. I'm not a huge MOBA fan. I like I've never gotten into it hardcore, uh, but Smite was kind of interesting. Heroes of the Storm. I'm a big WoW fan, so Heroes of the Storm Blizzard makes that too. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like familiar with it. So I would check it out. Why not? Yeah, and I don't know if I said this when we first talked about this because it seems like it must have been quite a while ago because I completely forgot everything. But this is such a different direction for Pokemon yeah. to go in. And that's really exciting for me. And it makes me really want to try it just because I know it's different from what they usually do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I'm excited. I mean, why not? You know, Mm -hmm. try something else. It'll be I've tried everything else they've offered. So some some stick, some don't. And I'm definitely going to try Pokemon Unite. It's just funny because this this obviously must have came out during that Pokemon Direct when they had all the different news coming out. And uh, it just, you know, I just completely forgot about it. Well, I think, too, sometimes when we hear something's going to be a mobile game, we kind of push it off to the side. We're like, oh, yeah, we I don't know about that. Yeah, like, we're just not yeah. sure. So but yeah, this looks really good. And if nobody's checked out the trailer, definitely check it out because it, it looks really good. Yeah, I think that was more like, just cinematic. Well, well made. But there there was a couple things in there, I think, that At showed actual gameplay. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah. But if nothing else, how refreshing that a game was announced and it actually came out. <laughs> You know, Platinum Games, why don't you take a hint here and and see what, you know, Pokemon's got going on and try that. And with that bombshell, <laughs> let's move on to the top 10 bestsellers of the week. Uh, in first place, we have Among Us. Second, Minecraft. Third, Game Builder Garage. Fourth, uh, and I should say there was a couple sales this week. Animal Crossing was kicked out of the top 10. Finally. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so in fourth place was Taiko no Tatsujin. Drum and Fun. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Fifth, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which makes sense considering. Didn't you say it was like $13 or something on sale? It was, it was very inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. I would think it was like sub $10. Yeah. And then especially with the new Rabbits being announced, people wanted to pick this up and play it, I'm sure. Uh, sixth was Metopia. Seventh, NBA 2K21. Sneaking back up there again. Uh, eighth is Hades. Ninth, The War of Mine Complete Edition. And tenth, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wow, Joining first time that's been back 10. in the top 10 in a while. That was also yeah. on sale, so it makes sense that a lot of people mm-hmm. probably bought it that maybe passed on it, but that's crazy yeah. even at full price that people are passing on one of the greatest games that's on the Switch. Like, how do you own the Switch One of the and greatest games it? of all time, You know what I, I mean, though? Say. It's like, that's, yeah. a huge, that's a huge game to not have if you own a Switch, so. Absolutely. It's cool that it's back on the top 10, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, that gets us to new releases we're into this week, and... 
Christina is the first double check in, I think, a while. So why don't you kick it off? Yeah. So I remember seeing bits and pieces of this a while back, but I never really looked into it. But because it's coming out on June 22nd, I actually looked into it this week and it looks so cute. This is the Lego Builder's Mm. Journey puzzle game. Everybody knows how much I love puzzle games, especially geometric puzzle games, especially atmospheric geometric puzzle games. So this has me written all over it. And there's like a narrative that you can follow and it's like you can follow the instructions or don't or you can experiment or don't. So I'm just really interested in it. For $20, it seems pretty high quality. So yeah, I put double checks on this. I thought it looked really good. Atmospheric geometric puzzle games are becoming your version of my card deck builder games. Yeah. Like if you definitely. see one, you're most likely getting a check on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lego does amazing games all around. I gave this a check as well. It looks really, really good. And it just makes so much sense. As I was watching the gameplay, I'm like, wow, this game, this puzzle game makes so much sense for Lego. Awesome, awesome design. Very, very cool feel. I love the puzzles and the challenges and how it looks and feels. And if they can get that just so it like it feels super satisfying when you're placing the puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be a hit. So yeah, this one, I got a check on this. It looks really well done. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one I checked is June 24th. It is the Dungeon of Now Book, the Amulet of Chaos Chicken Edition crazy uh this is a 45 dollar game i had to look it up because of course they had no gameplay on the eShop, but on steam it has very positive reviews uh and the gameplay looks very interesting i would say that this is a similar it's a tactical rpg um but i would say it's very similar to a funny more light-hearted version of uh diablo it has those very similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. You're essentially creating this ragtag team of heroes and you're kind of going through trying all these dungeons to survive. What I love about it in particular, which always kind of gets my interest, is the strategy, the skill trees, all of that kind of stuff. You're picking your yeah. heroes, you're putting points into their skill tree. You know, you're going to have things like your agility and charisma. You're also going to have like lock picking and stuff like that. And in a few of the trailers I saw, it's very tongue in cheek, very self-aware. So you may have the, I would assume like the rogue type and there was voiceover when they went to like do like a a, tre- a treasure chest and he's like i didn't put points in my in my lock picking skills so he couldn't open it you know what i mean <laughs> so it's like very self-aware very very cute it's sort of like a cartoony style but it seems like there's a lot of complexity to it mm-hmm. um so i had to give this a check the, the it looks well done from what i can see of the stills and the videos it it does have that very similar isometric view that you're very familiar with with any games like diablo so i had to give it a check 45 dollars a little bit much but if that goes on sale i would probably pick it up The next thing I called out specifically is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Both the digital deluxe edition and the regular edition is coming out. I'm not getting it. I already own this, but I did want to call it out for people because, I mean, it's a big game that's coming out on the Switch. So you had to get it. That's coming out on the 25th. I would definitely, if you've never played any of these games or if you've played them growing up and you want to get back into them, I would absolutely look at these. They are super well done. And they're just so fun. I just remember playing these. Oh, the music alone is worth getting them. So cool. I'm so happy that 
they were able to just bring them to the switch. Mm-hmm. It's just so neat. <laughs> um, the next game that we both have checks on is uh, on the 25th. Now, obviously, during the E3 presentation, there was a lot of stuff coming out on the 25th. <laughs> um, and while Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin isn't technically coming out that day, the demo is going to be released that day. So again, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is a turn-based RPG. Um, the full game releases on July 9th, and the save data will carry over. So, I mean, free demo. You got you to gotta try it. And it's a sizable demo. We saw people yeah. that had played it. They said they got, you know, five, ten hours into the demo. So I like that. Get those yeah. monsties ready for uh, June 25th. We'll get to go it out there and do Monsty some monsty stuff. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> that entails, but we're going to be doing it. I'm actually excited for this. I don't know if I want this game. So I'm so excited that they gave a free demo. Some of what I've seen of it, I love. Some of what I've seen about it, I'm a hard pass on. But I don't know. I want to play it. Like something about the Monster Hunter world in general um, and sort of the... Uh, even though this one looks beautiful, I like the the aesthetic of this one so much more. Something about like though, just the way the characters are and the way they it's talk very, and act. Very JRPG. It's just yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. It just turns me off, and I'm like, oh, I just can't. I don't know if I can deal with that cat thing bouncing around all the time, and I I just don't know. So I, I'm excited to play this. I am more excited for Monster Hunter Stories than I was for Monster Hunter when it was releasing. So I I'm so happy to get and play this demo. Me too, because for me, the biggest thing that I'm kind of hesitant about is the fact that it's a turn-based RPG. Typically, I'm not into those, Yeah, yeah. but everything else about it, I'm really into. So even the JRPG stuff, because I don't normally pay JR- play JRPGs, but I always think they're kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just excited to try it. It's like a no-commitment test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Now, the thing, the game that I think takes it for both of us, we both have 15 checks on this one. June 25th, Mario Golf, Super Rush, finally happened, $60. Mm -hmm. I'm getting it without a doubt. It's happening. I'm so, so excited and ready to play golf. I've been wanting to play Mario Golf for about, I don't even know, how five years. I don't even know how long it's been since the last one that I played, (laughs) but I am ready to play it. So, so excited. Yeah, me too, especially because I've never played it before and seeing all the stuff in E3 just made me really want to play, especially with you, like all yeah. the, the competition stuff I think would be super fun. And we wanted to figure out a way that we could probably stream I'm both sure. of us doing it. I think it would be super fun. Yeah, we'll definitely but, be able yeah, to do that. Be a good um, time. And, and even even just the idea of a relaxing game of golf, just kind of hanging out like I used to <laughs> yeah. love just picking it up and playing, you know, golf. Level up it's your so meat. well done, and I just I'm really ready for. It. I'm so excited, and I will even maybe I think it's gonna. I don't. I won't like it, but I'll even try with the motion to play like the fake. You know, like you're actually Ooh, are hitting. You? I'm gonna even try it. I'm gonna try. I wish. I wish they came out with a um, like an attachment though. I feel like that would be easier than just holding the Joy-Con. Like they need a golf club that the Joy-Con clips into. Now that seems like that would be genius. See, Labo shouldn't have shut down yet. That could have been a Labo thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been. Uh, That's I a guess, no-brainer. I, mean, I, guess, I guess in theory, you could take a real golf club and just stick, like, tape your Joy-Con to it. Oh, God. Just make sure that your living room's very large. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, that could work, right? I mean, I, I don't guess. know. I guess. It would be the same idea, but very, very cool. That's coming out. Cannot wait. So excited. Now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Christina, what have you been playing? 
Well, I haven't been playing a ton this past week. I played mostly last night um, just because I've been kind of sick, but I'm good now. Took my last antibiotics yesterday. I'm I'm back to normal. Nice. Um, so I did a couple like maintenance things. I updated Minecraft. Um, they had their big new, I forgot what the update was called, but it has those axolotls in it. And it has the underwater cavern things or whatever it is. And I, I was like, yeah, I want to jump back into Minecraft. So I updated it, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So um, I'm sure I'll be playing it at some point just because it's been so long since I played. So every time I take a big break like this and I jump back in the game, it's so new and exciting because there's so much new stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um now, Tiny Lands is super easy to play, so I did play that on and off. Uh, I only have three more puzzles left in the game, and so I'll probably finish it in like 15 minutes. Hmm. But I would say um, definitely worth it. it, especially if it's on sale. Pick it up. It's just such an easy little relaxing puzzle game, especially if you play a game before bed that gets you like super amped. Play this one after and you'll fall asleep like a dream <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's what I did last night. So. Um, I was like, oh, I haven't played Hades for a while. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, so, it's not a good one to play. <laughs> no. And of course, it was like one of my best runs yet. I made it all the way to Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how to say her full name. Not even going to try. But she's like kind of the first real boss that you have to fight. And I got her health down about halfway. And then, of course, I died. Mm-hmm. So I have to do that all over again. But it was just so cool. Like, getting through it so i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh my health is actually really good am i gonna how far am i gonna get <laughs> and then that afterwards i was like so and everybody knows i'm like the most anxious game player ever like my hands are sweating i'm like a mess um so afterwards i was like i'm way too excited not to go to bed i need to play something else <laughs> so mm-hmm. i played tiny lands and then i fell asleep right after that so it's a good low-key game um also yeah it's loving hades obviously it's still super great uh and I finally, finally bought Skyrim so I can shut up about wanting to buy it now. (laughs) Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm planning to stream that whole game. So after I finish Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. So after I finish Bioshock Infinite, what I'm going to do is that's going to be a really long ongoing series. But I think on Sundays, I'm going to play Skyrim. And then on Wednesdays, I'm going to be playing that Layers of Fear series. Mm -hmm. So I'll be playing like kind of two at the same time streaming them. So nice that's my plan yeah good idea well that's that's cool that you finally made it to to meg um hopefully you can beat i would say she would say she's the easier of the furies that you'll that you'll come up against so i'm terrible yeah so hopefully the the (laughs) trick to her is just take your time you just got to take your time with her you can't rush it and that's and that's what i learned the level right before her i was like i don't know why i keep trying to rush and like tank through everything yeah you can't be strategic make sure that and i have been getting the hang of dodging which if you figure out the dodging and make sure that you dodge in the right direction and you don't land on the spikes or anything that's what i'm kind of been working on so i've gotten better at that but the it's, relationship it's with Meg is funny as the game progresses. So oh, really? every time you meet her, the conversation changes. And then you'll see her at the bar back in the Hades area. Oh, the lounge. Where, yeah. yeah, in the lounge area. And you'll be talking to her and stuff. And I just unlocked that too. Nice. The lounge. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny as you see her when you're not <laughs> fighting her and stuff. Plus the way she talks. I love the voice acting in this game so much. It's, I've always loved oh, her love voice it. in the game. Mm-hmm. It's such like a cool 
you know, every time she talks, because they they did something to it, and it's got like this reverberation on her voice. It sounds so cool. It kind of sounds a little demonic, but yeah, in it's a good awesome. Way. They did yeah. a good job. <laughs> I also really I met Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> yeah, Aphrodite's really cool. <laughs> and I actually really like the main character's mom. Yeah, Nyx? <laughs> yeah, Nyx. Nyx. I have like a girl crush on Nyx. <laughs> all of, all of them are so good. I mean, I every know. time I, and I haven't played it in a long time, and I do mean to, I want to jump back in, especially now that you're playing it. I want I'd have to basically start from scratch because it's going to be so hard for me to muscle memory everything to once I get back. But I was making it. I I, I never beat it, but I was making it. I think to the third or fourth world like level. So, mm-hmm. um, which I was doing pretty good. I was able to kind of get through three or four bosses. So I, I want to get back in and finally beat the game. But I, I just, it was, the battles themselves were so hard. But the when you went back, it was so relaxing. And it was just like the voice acting, everything about it was just so cool. And um, yeah. it's just really, really well done. It's like a very highly stressful game. But yeah. at the same time, the voice acting kind of calms you down. Yeah, it it's brings it really down a strange. Bit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I have a crush on probably every character in the game. Yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> all done really so, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what um, have you been playing? And have you been petting the pop every time? No. Not every single time. Sometimes I forget. But yeah. <laughs> Poor pups. Oh, and I did. I, I have unlocked the spear. And I mm. think that's my favorite right yeah, now. Yeah, the spear is good. Yeah. yeah, I like the spear a lot. That's what I've been using, and that's what I used to get as far as I did to get to Meg. So nice. Yeah, you'll figure out yeah. what works for you. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah, for me, I've been playing a lot of Subnautica Below Zero. That's been stream. I'm streaming that, and I'm gonna do a continuous stream. I have started doing some of like the resource gathering off stream, just because it's just too slow pacing. But mm-hmm. you can go over to Twitch. You can check those out. Um, really loving it. Absolutely loving it. I think Especially I'm especially after it. the most recent episode, right? Yeah, I made a lot of progress on the most recent episode. Um, a lot of fun. Just loving the story, loving the feel of this one. I think I like this one even more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a lot of what I loved about the first one, but even more of it. You know, so yeah. it's taking like there's there's more thought out and and just there's just more story. There's more uh, lore mm-hmm. in this one, and you're really starting to figure things out. And I I I'm excited for the possibilities of where this whole series could go. So now I'm getting yeah. excited, like, oh, what is Subnautica 3 going to be like? Because it's just, there's just so much they could do with this whole thing by having the Altera, this this big corporation that seems to be kind of ominous and not necessarily doing good things. So that could, uh, that could go to any planet. It doesn't necessarily need to be this planet, but there's just so much they could do with it. And I'm really excited to see that. I can see this series, too, lending itself really well to a TV show or a movie eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like uh, what was the Tom? What was the Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. Um, Castaway, like uh, a a high tech version of Castaway, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I could just see that working really well. I would. But... It would be tough. I think that would be expensive only because of the 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 um, the CG that would be required for some of these environments. But it would be an amazing feat if they could do it. Yeah, you know? because the world is so drastically different than Earth. That yeah. everything would have to, it would have to be handled like a, uh, like Avatar, <laughs> like an Avatar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like an Avatar type of world. So that a huge budget involved, but it could be, it could be really cool. Yeah. Well, what happened was they put all their budget into the CG that they couldn't put the budget into a graphic designer. So they just used whatever Windows typeface they could and like <laughs> yeah, Papyrus, Papyrus for the title. Yeah. So don't select Papyrus for the title if you make the Subnautic movie, please. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Um, so then in addition to Subnautica Below Zero, I've been, I bought and have been playing Oxen Free. We talked about this, I think, a little bit last episode, but it's mm-hmm. been pretty cool. Apparently, this is some sort of supernatural thriller type game. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's me and some friends exploring an island and we open up a rift uh, as one does. So I'm, I'm, I think it, it feels... From what I've read of it, like I said, I've just started. I just kind of got into it. It kind of feels like a um, um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. the vibe I'm getting from this game is that it's a similar to a Stranger Things, yep. which is That's, awesome. I'm, I'm totally yeah. in for that. I so. felt the same way <laughs> cool. when I was well, playing it. We got the same vibe then. So yeah, yeah, Oxenfree. And then I also bought and haven't really had a chance to play. Um, is Mars Horizon. I mentioned this, that you essentially are running a space agency and you run it from the dawn of the space age all the way to like humans landing on Mars. And it's just a strategy simulation game. You're going to create your bases and the launch pads and the research, different things so that you can get further in space. And you're going to have to launch satellites and all this kind of really fun, dorky simulation game type stuff. And I'm 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 all for this. I love everything about these types of games. Um, I love I love the idea of building a rocket and then having it just potentially explode on the launch pad. Like I think that kind of stuff is so <laughs> funny. Those are the kind of things I used to love about like roller coaster tycoon. You know, I'd build my own roller coaster and launch people into the next park, and it would just be <laughs> laughs. So I'm excited to play this. Like I said, I had been waiting for this to go on sale. It may still be on sale if this kind of stuff is in you're into. Uh, once this podcast comes out, but I was so happy to see that it had finally it wasn't much of a sale, but it was on sale. So I grabbed it up. Hmm. And then the last thing that I picked up and haven't started, but excited to start. And I think I may stream this one after Subnautica. I have this whole survival exploration vibe going right now. So <laughs> that's, <your thing. laughs> that's my thing. And this is more of that in its journey to the savage planet. And essentially you are you go into this planet and you're part of the fourth best interstellar space exploration company, fourth best. And you're going to go to ARY26 and you're going to just see if it's fit for humans and hilarity ensues. Apparently you're going to be running around scanning things, which I love. And from what it looks like, it's it's not very welcoming. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see what's going on with this game. It looks like it has a lot more humor maybe than a Subnautica, but a very similar in gameplay. It reminded me a lot when I was watching the trailer recently of Fallout. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yep, similar in that vein. Yeah. Nice. So I'm excited to watch you play it. It yeah, looks I'm really excited good. to play yeah. it, but I, I, I get, I'm not rushing through, so I'm loving Below Zero. Oh, no, take your time with Below Zero, because I'm watching that, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm loving Below Zero, and I, yeah. and I said off-stream that this was similar to my experience with Portal 2, where it was just, you kind of go in sort of expecting some elements of it, and it's just so much more than what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That's how Portal to Portal 2 was for me. That's how this is from Subnautica. Like, I loved what the base was, and... They just they just expanded on it, and there's just so much, so much joy and like wonder of exploration in these games. And when I stumble across something that's been like an abandoned ship that crashed, it's like, well, what what happened here now? Why why did this ship crash? What year did this happen? Yeah. You know, what's the lore? And it's like, Michael, that's just a hunk of junk. You gotta you gotta move on. You're you're swimming around <laughs> this this thing. It's like it's like a 
a toilet that fell out of a ship somewhere and you're exploring every <laughs> inch of it. It's like, you just got to move on. But I'm, I, I love those kind of games. So it's been really, really enjoyable to play. Yeah. I remember when you were done playing Subnautica, you were kind of underwhelmed. And the ending, I, yeah, yeah. I knew you were going to feel that way, but then you said, it's like, I want to learn more about this and I want to learn more about this. And I knew that you were going to get that in Below Zero. And I was so excited for you to start Below Zero because I knew you were going to be happy. Yeah. So, I, I've been loving it. And, and, yeah. and I'm like this in real life too when it comes to, I love exploring abandoned places. I love fi- like putting a story to these places. In most of the stories, there was a mass murder of some kind and they had to shut it down. That's I don't know why that's always like, this house is abandoned. Something terrible must have happened here. Ghosts. And, it was yeah, ghosts. There's, there's got to be ghosts. And there's had to be like a serial <laughs> killer that once lived here. <laughs> and it's like, no, they just moved and nobody bought the place. But in my mind, it's something so much grander. And that's kind of like a lot of the <laughs> things I bump into in Subnautica where, you know, I found a new base and that base had like just been destroyed. But in these games, the things that my brain jumps to are the things that happen. Like a monster must have attacked this or something yeah. happened here. And it's like, no, those things actually, that is what happened. So I get to have that story element actually fulfilled. So it's kind of fun. You get that to, satisfaction. Yeah, you get to yeah. <laughs> figure it out and you know you get to see it. So, so far, I'm absolutely loving it. I've got good. a bunch of games on the docket that I'm excited to play. So a lot of good gaming going on. Are we even going to have time for Mario Golf? Oh, we'll make time for Mario Golf. (laughs) There's always time for Mario Golf. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. If you want to reach out to us, please, please do. We love hearing from everybody. You can go over to NintendoDispatch.com, hit that contact page, and feel free to write us a just glowing letter of praise if you want. Or not. What a, It's up to you. If you want to watch us, you can feel free. You can go to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. If you want to chat with us, you can head on over to Twitter. You can go at Dispatch Podcast. If you want to use Discord, you're more than welcome. We have a great Discord community starting up. You can go to our info. It's on our website. That has been your Nintendo Dispatch. <laughs>